0: Hey.
1: Talk Radio. Hey guys, Green Living Guy. Sorry we were a little we're gonna be a little bit short today on twenty five minutes, but uh been one of those days, how can I say? How's everything and we got Shane McQuaid here from Voltaic Systems on the line? Is he there, Shane? You there? No? Let's see if we can get it. Shane?
0: Yes, I'm here. Hey,
1: how's it going, my man?
0: Good, good. Good.
1: You're on the air. Are
0: we? Okay. Excellent. We're live, yeah.
1: Just got on, and we're uh, going away here. So how's it going with you today on uh, this lovely Wednesday?
0: Oh, it's going very well. We're uh, forecasting.
1: Good deal. Good deal. Now, uh, just so people are aware what Voltaic Systems is, is uh, they're voltaicsystems.com, is that correct? Or what's your website? Uh, And we have lost Shane for a few seconds. That's all right. Anybody can call in at, uh, let's give you guys the number, maybe people will call in, 347-637-3762. That's 347-637-3762 on Blog Talk Radio, and I think Shane's back. I am. Sorry. All right. How you doing? Good. So we're going to talk now. Why don't you give me the quick and dirty on what Voltaic Systems is for our listening audience?
0: Okay, well, um, I founded Voltaic in 2004, and essentially it was um, sort of a crazy idea that turned into a business. I uh, had been sort of on the beach in Spain doing uh, some Spanish study and traveling and so on and messing around with solar uh, for charging my cell phone and so on. And at the time, solar charges were little fold-up things with the panels on the inside and you'd put them out in the sun and plug everything in and you were kind of tied to that spot. And uh, I found as I was using these that that I didn't really use them. It wasn't that convenient. And usually you're moving around a little and it's a bit of a hassle. And it occurred to me somebody should put the panels on the outside of a bag Mm -hmm. and that that would be a much more convenient way to generate electricity. And uh, so that's what I did. I, I developed a backpack that had solar panels on the outside, a battery on the inside that stores the electrical charge, and then a bunch of connections so that you can plug in your cell phone or uh, camera, iPod, GPS, uh, and more recently, laptops. And uh, and that, you know, I released the first bag, End of O4, got a lot of attention in the press and really just turned into a business sort of overnight. And, and I've been uh, developing more models and, and now doing some other products besides bags. And That's
1: fantastic. Now, your website
0: is? For everybody out there? Voltaicsystems.com. Okay, Voltaicsystems.com.
1: Yep. All right. And tell them the Green Living Guy sent you when you go buy a a backpack. (laughs) Now, just so people are aware, I've known about Voltaic Systems for uh, several years now. Um, I tried one of their original backpacks back in the day. We did uh, this really cool photo shoot with it that I just started giving Shane some pictures. So, We'll start getting them out there on my Green Living Guy site when we talk about this radio interview for everyone. And we'll get them out there on the web for people. But uh, I can tell you honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm not just – Shane's not a sponsor. And I can honestly tell you that this stuff works. Um, I have charged my cell phone. I have charged – I charged a friend's iPod once on it. I remember a friend of mine needed their cell phone charge, which was different than mine. And it charged. It took the charge. And the panels are so amazing that one time I literally left a backpack right by a window and it fully charged this friend's cell phone. I mean, this stuff is really cool. And now we've got a laptop charger, uh, which is like a briefcase kind of feel uh, with it. It's got a uh, carry bag. Like, I mean... Um, Something to put on your shoulder, right? With it, it's like yeah, a laptop.
0: Yeah, basically bag. like a, a laptop bag for a 17-inch laptop, and it has a, a big single panel on one face of it. And uh, what you have to do to charge a laptop is pack a lot of power into the available area. So we were able to find a, a very efficient solar cell, some power cells which are 20% efficient,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and that's what allows us to do laptops. And,
1: that's great. Yeah, twenty-seven percent efficiency is really darn good in the solar no, world. No, twenty
0: percent efficient. Twenty-two
1: percent. Okay. Well, even two zero. Two, two zero. zero. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm. Sheen's clarifying this one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's still not a, It's still you know uh, the most efficient you can get out there, right? Uh, for, it's the most for,
0: efficient sort of commercial grade solar cell you can get. So the most efficient cell you'll see on a roof anywhere is the SunPower cell, and that's twenty percent. In in the lab or for for applications like uh, satellites and and so on, there yeah. are more efficient cells, uh, and they get up to sort of the high twenties mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they cost thousands of dollars a watt, and uh, and no thanks. <laughs> not for a backpack.
1: No no disrespect, Shane, but you know what we I mean. <laughs> it would make a very expensive backpack. Yeah yeah, maybe a good Milana Bolana kind of backpack, but not something for a. Uh normal you know the, the the regular masses, which is really what this is intended to do on a on a, on a level where people are just walking around doing their business and charging up their self along the way um i, I guess the curiosity is have, what have you noticed um are the energy savings that people are seeing now from your portfolio of products that you have in your voltaic systems bags well you
0: know I think the the application of a solar bag, obviously you know you're generating uh, renewable energy, and so there's an element of energy saving there, but yeah. really it's more a convenience factor. Okay. Um, okay. And you know what we're finding is that people are applying the, the, the big value of solar power is that you're not tied to any network. you don't need an electrical grid or a fuel supply or anything else. Basically you're a self-contained.
1: Generator once you're,
0: you're walking around with this bag. yes, And it's that that's really the big advantage. And, and so, so the sort of situations where that's applied, is, it's seen a little surprising. I originally envisaged sort of day hikers that wanted to take their iPod or their camera or whatever with them or an emergency, you know, to a two-way radio or something, and that they were off the grid, they had no other source of power, and so solar would be a good choice. And as it's turned uh, out, our audience is much, much broader than that. And we're getting you know a lot of people that are in situations where there's just no power, so people have been taking our bags to Haiti um, mm. in in the rescue effort they They did the same after the earthquake in Pakistan uh You get a lot of sort of peace corps people and people that are going to Africa uh you get people you know climbing Kilimanjaro and blogging about it and and they need solar power to uh, run their laptops and their cell phones and so on That's right so there's a lot of that. Um, But then at the other end of the spectrum, there's a lot of gadget enthusiasts and a lot of travelers that, even though they might be, say, in an airport surrounded by power, there's not actually anywhere to plug in. And so if they can just plug straight into their bag and they know there's going to be power in there because it's charged up from the cell, then it's convenient for them. And so it's it's a very wide range of applications. Yeah,
1: I'm hearing that. The one thing that I am enamored by, I guess, is the... uh third-world developing applications that you're talking about. Tell me a little bit more about that. Have you had some, uh, I guess, lately with, you know, unfortunately with our environmental disasters that are occurring on a regular basis, you must be getting a lot of phone calls from, from entities that are interested in uh,
0: purchasing your product for third-world developing nations. Am I right about that? Or uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we get a lot of interest uh, for those sort of applications, and you know, Generally speaking, after Katrina and the Pakistan earthquake and, and Haiti, we're basically saying you know, we'll supply bags at cost uh, and, and sometimes below to those organizations that need it because we really just want to get it out there and, and you know, be helpful. Um, and then we, you know, we make profit, obviously, selling in, in the U.S. and Europe and other places. Right. Um, Right. But it's good. It's really heartening to see those sorts of applications, and it's the sort of thing that gets all of us much more excited. And and so we uh, actively look for those opportunities and try and support people in those situations. And uh, and are trying to do more and more of that sort of thing. We're actually moving into solar lighting, uh, which also has tremendous application in developed countries, and we oh, very yeah. useful right oh, now okay. in Haiti. Actually, I'm sure.
1: Are you, um, with those solar lighting applications, I would assume you're, you're going to be using, like, LEDs and stuff like that to, to light up uh, lighting, I would assume? Or, uh, That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah what happened over the
0: last, yeah. you know, LEDs have become so efficient over the last few years and gotten much cheaper. And what it means is that the, as as the light becomes more energy efficient, the size of the panel you need and the size of the battery shrinks, and so we're now going through this sort of cost reduction where a viable solar light is getting down to sort of $10 or $15 mm-hmm. and it works and it's better than kerosene or, or paraffin or whatever else people might use. It. That's so fantastic. Be, that's yeah, fantastic. there'll be a revolution in, in solar I light. mean, that's that's just huge. I mean, you think about all the
1: third world devo- world developing nations or people that are in significant issues of poverty-stricken areas, not to mention now areas that have, you know, climate disasters or whatever you would like to call them, based on your, your opinion, but, I mean, it, it seems like solar lighting, especially LEDs, which can be very bright lighting, uh, can be very helpful in those types of applications and even help us reduce our electric load off of uh, the need for lighting in certain applications.
0: Well absolutely,
1: and you know there's
0: something like one point six billion people around the world that don't have electricity and uh, so certainly for those people uh, there's a tremendous sort of social benefit in, in just being able to you know read or study or work after dark um, and in many cases, what those people are using is kerosene or diesel and um, it's very very inefficient uh, mm-hmm. in in sort of Converting energy to light And so it's hugely polluting The carbon footprint of a, a kerosene light Is something like 100 kilos a year Whereas a solar light Is about 10 kilos to make And will last several years So you can really have a huge environmental And social impact If you can switch people over From, from kerosene to solar
1: Well we'll do everything we can To help people talk about that Maybe we should have a a, a Separate story about that um, that I can get on Green Living Guy or some of these other websites that I write for about how the fact of just using LED lighting is being cost effective and it's even more cost effective than what people in third world developing nations are using right now. So if those people that are in third world developing nations start using voltaic systems, it can be very empowering. No pun intended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it... You're right in saying that it is much more cost-effective. Um, mm-hmm. But the issue is that when you buy a solar light, you know, let's say it costs $15, you, if, if you're a dollar-a-day farmer, getting $15 together all at once and investing in a light is actually a significant investment, whereas if you're using kerosene, you're probably spending $0.50 cents every other day or something like that. Well, right. actually, no, it's even, it's even less. It's about $3 a month so uh, $0.10 cents a day. And so the problem people have is, is bridging the gap from the sort of very low regular cost to the large one-time cost. And there's probably going to be a, a role for microfinance in allowing people to bridge the gap. Because if you think, you know, if it's 3 to $5 a month for the kerosene, you could pay back a light in three to five months. Um, and the light's going to last then for an, a year or so after that. Well, we I guess so that's
1: what yeah I guess entities like the Grameen Bank or whatever are going to have to step up their lending processes so that uh people in these 3rd world developing nations will have a lot more options for themselves That's you know right I mean, you got to also think that kerosene is so noxious too i mean it's just an it's not just the issue of cost effectiveness or the issue of that you know they're reducing the carbon footprint, but I would assume the toxicity from Burning kerosene also has to be somewhat of an issue too for people if you're doing it over and over and over again, uh, right, and you're doing it
0: in a small room where you know it's probably caused so you're breathing the kerosene fumes, and well, the other thing that's, that's, that's happening good. is uh, a lot of fires get caused that way oh. because you know they're not they're not hurricane lamps as, as you might picture a kerosene lamp that you'd buy here. Mm-hmm. It's basically a jam jar with a bit of rag hanging out of the top or a bit of rope. And a, and a naked flame.
1: Oh, it's next so week. Yeah,
0: there we go. All you have to do is knock it over and, and your cuts burning down. Well,
1: you know, maybe USAID or the UN or entities, you know, organizations like um you know, I, I guess these non large non profit, profit charities but, yeah. can do a lot too, what I would assume,
0: right? I mean I think they can. And and they are starting to look at it as you oh, know, it's only been the last few years that the cost of solar lighting is coming down and so yeah. It's, we're really just now at the point where you can say, okay, if you're running a refugee camp, you probably, you've probably you probably got a diesel generator and a bunch of wires strung all over the place, um, and now you could switch over to individual solar lights uh, for each household, and, and it would be cost-effective to do that.
1: Well, I think then that's something that... I'm gonna make a shout out right now and make sure that all these not for profits start really thinking about voltaic system lighting, especially when he comes out with this. We'll do a big splash about it for him and uh get it out there because people need to be doing this, you know. Uh you got your backpacks right now which are great for refugee, you know, administrators or people that have laptops and need ex- you know, access to immediate power in the middle of a destructed area that has no electricity. But uh, solar lighting using LEDs can be really something fantastic
0: for yeah, you know so.
1: for, for people across the world, and we're talking about, you know, yes, the u s has hundreds of millions of people. Well, when you talk about billions of people that could be potentially affected by a single technology is solar yeah. uh, I, and lighting, yeah. such as LED lighting, I think that you really have got something there that all I, I don't know you know. I guess you want to call it that way, all the stars are lining up in, in, a, in a very positive way for you, and I, I think that it's 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 you know people like the, the media or the you know people like uh in Tree or other entities need to get the word out there for you, so I will do my part to get the word out for you because it seems and is a great technology. I've used it um, right. you know I remember I used to joke with people and take you know try and even jokingly. Hit the, the the panel, and you can't break this stuff, guys. You'd have to really take a lot of work to try and break the, these things, and and they're durable, they're agile. The, the the product they're using, using recycled plastic, aren't you for your backpacks or for the material that we
0: are? Um, the, yeah, the, that's so
1: the cool. The fabric
0: itself is made from recycled soda bottles, and then the substrate for the solar panel, which, as you say, it's very. very strong substrate that's lightweight it's made from recycled uh plastic as well polyurethane in that case
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah we're getting as
0: much recycled material in there as we can and we're constantly looking for you know more opportunities to introduce sustainable materials well that's great
1: i mean it's not just the right energy efficient product but now it's the right eco-friendly product at the same time so i mean that that that's that's right on uh, VoltaicSystems.com for everyone out there. VoltaicSystems.com for Shane McQuaid, Voltaic Systems. Uh, and this is Green Living Guy, and I will probably get a story up there about Shane's company uh, sometime in the next day or so. Uh, my website, Green Living Guy, and we'll also do something to maybe uh, check out GreenOpia.com, ladies and gentlemen, and in the next week. We'll put a story up there about how. Uh, Shane's product, not just that he had an interview with me, but the fact that these product could be used in the third world developing nations, and that his LED light or his solo light that he's working on doing can only be really empowering for people, not in a pun, but in a in a real way. You know, I mean, to be able to have light at night, to do something, you know. I guess I take it for granted in some respects, you know, where people in, you know, industrialized nations take the ability to turn your light on and off for granted. Uh, I remember I was in a developing nations class in my master's program, and we we're all getting into a debate about what type of energy and this and that and, and all those kind of fun, real, you know, philosophical debate issues, right? And the best part is my teacher, goes over to the switch, turns the light off in the middle because we were in a you know one of those 3 hour classes from like 5 till 9 kind of thing you know or you know from 5 till 8 so it's dark out and she you know she goes it's dark figure out what you're going to do right now <laughs> to to get some light in this room and what are you going to do it with and to think that I was we were talking about this stuff well, people have been talking about this stuff forever, but, you know, I was talking about this in the 90s with in my classes, and I saw the epiphany or the, the light back then, and, you know, it's great to see that cost is coming together with uh, viability or, or the willingness to do something like this. You know, I mean, it, right. it really becomes, unfortunately, in most respects of this world, an economic decision for most people. You know, people vote with their pocketbooks. they the, They're able to take care of themselves based upon what's cost-effective. And if we can get rid of kerosene or petroleum-based products doing it and instead using recycled (laughs) petroleum and putting it into, uh, or or recycled plastic and putting it into a voltaic systems backpack and using less energy to overall create an energy system that can power light, that's a very powerful thing. I mean, I think that's. Just... It is. We're not alone in
0: uh, pursuing this. You know, it's uh, the beginnings of, of sort of the, the solar lighting revolution of hap- happening now in the developing world, and there's probably half a dozen companies that are looking at it very seriously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the challenge is still at the moment that it costs just, it, it still costs too much, but the prices are changing so quickly that probably in five years' time, uh, I, I, you know, there'll be hundreds of millions of solar lights selling to people in developing countries.
1: Wow. Well, then the challenge, I guess, for you on your business model is uh, to make sure that you're uh, known as the leader of this. Because I've known you since way back when. So this isn't an issue of, you know, you've been, you know, it's not like, hey, I'm coming out with this product just because you're into. You've been into this, Shane, before it was even. Something that was a f- cost-effective for the masses, and I'm not talking about the American masses. I'm talking about global economic masses. So you know, for you to be keeping going, for it, the, the product to be strong and and durable, and people to be able to use it, and it works, and your warranty system is is amazing. Not that I ever had to return a single one of these things ever, uh, but I think that speaks volumes in itself, but I think that where, where you're headed with this, I would assume, is to uh, expand this on a global basis
0: for yourself. Well, that's right. I mean, already the bags sell globally, um, oh, although primarily in developing countries because of the price point,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and, and the reason they're expensive is just because the things we're charging use a lot of power. Um, and actually, the unfortunate thing is that most of the solar chargers you buy out there will be dramatically underpowered. Yes. So, yes. And, and what that means, like, you see the Solio, which is a very popular sort of fold-out solar charger. Yeah, I've seen that sucker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's, got, it's beautifully designed, and, and it's got a battery integrated, which is nice, mm. but it has less than a watt of power. Um, well, that's not going to it. Well, it takes, uh, you know, it's going to take about three days in the sun to generate enough power to fill up your cell phone and so it becomes an unsatisfying
1: experience for people that's not cool
0: and and winds up turning people off solar and solar is one of the better ones i mean there's a lot out there where just enough solar power to get the charge light to come on on your device but it never actually you know it it doesn't generate enough power even just to have it in standby mode right so uh yeah it's I I just remember, I
1: remember one time I gave, who was it, oh yeah, I was in my car, driving back,
0: (laughs) oh, I lost you?
1: And I'm back. Sorry about that. That was like a Gerald Ford out of an old Chevy Chase scene in Sunday Night Live. But I'm back. That was my fault. But, uh, you know, bottom line here, ladies and gentlemen, as we've got about a minute left on the show, I just want to remind people to go to VoltaicSystems.com, realize that that the ability for people to use solar is a very valuable tool. I, I tell people when they say to me how invaluable... Uh unrealistic solar is, I say to them two things beside the fact, well, I should say three. One is, if you take 9% of the Mojave Desert, you could power up the United States if you use parabolic solar panels. If you take 1% of the sub-Saharan Desert, you can power up the world. We have enough solar energy in this world to power up the world, ladies and gentlemen, We do not need bad, dirty, other forms of power, especially when costs are coming down and the economy is being more receptive overall to solar. So I applaud you, Shane. We're going to make sure that we get the word out about VoltaicSystems.com or Voltaic Systems, and we're going to get the word out about you. Everybody, thanks for listening to Blog Talk Radio. And uh, Shane, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, come on and tell us about your product. We'll have you back on soon, okay? All
0: right. Well, thank you. Cool? for the support.
1: Oh, my pleasure, my man. And uh, everyone, check us out at UghTalkRadio.com backslash mm-hmm. Whiteman. This thing will be pre-recorded or re-recorded for us. Everyone, thank you. Good night.